0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, my guest is the founder of Creative Empowerment, or CEI, which is a video production company slash marketing company, correct?
1: Ad agency, probably. Ad,
0: ad, ad agency. I should know this because I'm contracted.
1: <laughs> you do a little bit of work with yes. us. We'll, we'll we'll get that out right at the beginning, but uh, like you can still, you can ask me the tough questions.
0: They're uh, also an heir of
1: the Dick's... <laughs> family burger company it's not
0: family. i guess it's dick's drive-in do you guys you guys are called a family it's dick's burger. drive-in
1: restaurants it's a family owned and operated family. uh business and i i wouldn't use the term air but i'm definitely a, <laughs> a part of uh the family and and i think it's it's a blessing and it's it's one of the, the ways that I think we're able to empower and, and do a lot for the, for the arts community, I'm able to do that because I help represent Dick Strivens and, and how we want to participate in in the arts community and to support and catalyze uh, the success of, of so many of the people that come on your show.
0: Hell yeah. And this is actually his second time on the show. The first episode has been <laughs> vaulted. Um, once, once I moved to this space in University District, they were probably the first one to three guests on the show. So it's kind of a full circle moment because I'm about to open the Nast studios in the next month or two. Um it's my pleasure to have back on Saul Spadey. Yes. Hell yeah. So we're about to go to South by Southwest in the beginning of march and my first question for you is and you've been doing south by for about five years now yeah since... i went to my
1: first one in 2013 which is kind of a famous one that had lady gaga performing on this like really atrocious Dorito stage mm. but then i, I didn't co- go back and do my own show until 2017. Did a show in 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, we did a really cool version of what we do at South by at London Bridge Studios in 2020 when COVID canceled South by Southwest mm-hmm. and uh, then went back in 2022 and and now 23, which is kind of weird because when I started, I mean, no one, a lot of people disparage the idea of creating like a Seattle culture house at South by. It's really expensive to go there and to accomplish this. And, and yeah. now we've done it. Like this is going to be pretty much year six, so yeah. it's like we've. It's kind of like I'm looking back at all the years, and and maybe we started as amateurs, but now when I engage with a lot of people, I, I honestly, God, think the, the group that does it is we're pretty professional.
0: And it's pretty crazy because March, South by is in the beginning of March each year, mm-hmm. so for COVID to happen and then canceling South by, that must have been. That must have been wild because it's just last second for anyone to know that. I'm oh, I was
1: still in Austin, right? I <laughs> built a, I built a set. One of the cool things about this year is we're taking the set that we built in 2019 with yeah. a, a group of artists in Austin. And then COVID canceled that. Yeah. And then because what we create with Dick's drive it's not a huge party. It's like a KXP MTV unplug sound stage. And then uh we 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 knew we had to bring it back because like COVID was this ominous thing where we knew like digital events like this would would reach we don't need an audience. It yeah. would reach a far bigger group of people without an audience. And and so we brought it to London Bridge Studios. And so we actually drove this set from Seattle to Austin. And then if you want a preview of the set, you can actually watch the Aaron Jones Take Me Away music video, yeah, which yeah, yeah. my my company produced. And uh, and and I, I helped direct and um, you, you'll you see that set there. And now we're, we're we just put it in a shipping container and sent it back to Austin. And so this set has some some history. But the whole purpose is to create something that has value because so many artists write one like right now you're thinking, oh, I want to go to South by. Well, if you wanted to be an official, Actually, band, we should break down what South by is for people who yeah. might not even know what South by is South by Southwest in my opinion, is the first major cultural festival of the year. And I use the word cultural because so many people try to break it down into like it's a tech festival or a conference. It's a film festival. It's where all the bands go to kick off their season. Mm -hmm. But if I really wanted to encapsulate what South by is for somebody out there, it is spring training for culture. Like, and I use spring training like baseball, right? Baseball mm-hmm. is where minor leaguers that are dreaming of the major leagues, they, they, you know, they scrounge together. You throw, like, 20 people in an apartment. You all work and, like, maybe somebody makes it. But not many people make it. And then you have everybody in the major leagues who are staying at the Fairmont. And, and have their bills for, like, entertainment. N- no, tech, music, and film. Okay. So, but tech is culture, right? Yeah. When everybody says, like, oh, how is tech involved with music? It's like Spotify. Apple Music, Amazon Music, mm-hmm. you know, like tech is now a major driver of how we consume content and which content to a degree is, is culture. Right,
0: right. So how did CEI and Dix get involved with South by in the first place?
1: So I went in 2013 that, that very first time and, and I noticed that Seattle has a huge tech component. Like we go to South by and our big companies go to South by Southwest. Microsoft has a huge stage this year. Amazon advertising has a huge stage this year. Last year, Amazon, I, I try to like explain to people, they spent probably a million dollars creating Lizzo's big girl castle, which was like a... 50,000 square foot high-end VIP experience for Lizzo. Mm-hmm. And like I don't care what Seattle artist walked up unless it was like Brandy Carlisle or McLemore they would have been like I don't know you. This isn't for you this is for the nation of Amazon. Mm-hmm. But then we also have a lot of bands that go because Seattle and I and I'm going to use baseball metaphors a lot in this podcast Seattle is a very accomplished AAA music city. Like we're right before where you break. Like if you want to go somewhere and, and write originals and find Find great players and like start to get interconnected into a deep music community. Seattle is perfect. So, AAA is smaller than. Then Major a. leagues and that's double A right Because I feel like no, tri- double A is one level below that oh. Single A is one ever so it Starts in rookie ball which okay. would be like a house show Okay and then like single A Would be like you know Portland Oregon yeah. and then like Oh I've kind of made it and I'm so sorry for anybody In Portland they've got a great music <laughs> scene so that's That was a little root but Seattle's got to like We got a bag on somebody yeah. and then like double A is Austin like you've really accomplished Musicians but no one plays originals mm. Everyone plays covers and like You have to bribe people in Austin to play originals. Whereas Seattle, I would say we're AAA because we, I mean, just look at our bands. Look at just what happened with the Emerald City Gala. I mean, you have like 50 bands yeah. and maybe like two bands played a cover. Maybe. <laughs> and that's like, that's incredible. Like that's something Seattle should, should, we should congratulate ourselves for building this type of music community. But then where point. it becomes a little complicated is you could do five original albums here and, and sell out Numos every year. And that doesn't mean you're in the major leagues. Right. It means you're just a star in AAA. And like the major leagues where you start to sniff that is South by Southwest. And one of the reasons I think it's so important to go there for a burger business that it's not like we have aspirations to open a restaurant in Austin. We can barely open a restaurant in in Tacoma. right? Right. But we believe that our culture community has aspirations to be bigger than Seattle. Right. And. When you are dealing with this major league tech community and then this AAA music community, we have this disconnect where our major league tech community is at South by, but they don't support our bands. Right. They don't give them a place to perform. They don't give them a show. They don't give them the support. And so, in 2013, I saw the beginnings of that, and then in 2017, I actually saw some bands break up after they got selected for South by. And and one of the reasons I thought so is like you know you get selected. You get paid maybe $250. You have to cover your housing. You have to cover your travel. You build an entire tour, 36 hours across the country. All out of pocket. And and you get there and you perform. And this is the worst part. The only people who show up are your friends who work at Amazon and Microsoft who are paid for to get there. And, like, it doesn't doesn't feel like you got the oomph out of this huge... Because it's hard to go to the major leagues. Like, everyone in Seattle, they won't tell you the truth that it's actually dreadfully hard to get out of this town. Yeah. And so... You know, you kind of get shocked by that. And I I hated that. Like, I I think a community should support people, not just as they go from house shows to being a really accomplished, you know, five albums, the last two done at London Bridge, like really high quality stuff to not making it. I think we now need to help our musicians get to the next level. And that's so, I think of South by Southwest as a spirit quest where what we do is create a home base so that when you do your tour, you could do a show at the stage that Dix runs, and there could only be ten people that show up. But we have five cameras. We have a forest that responds—a fake forest that res- has lights built by local artist Madeline Joe that responds to your performance. And then when we release that on YouTube on the Dix Driven's Facebook page, and then hopefully something you'll help with, Blake is is helping artists kind of utilize this mm. better. And and I'll give a huge shout out to to Marshall Law when we recorded him. He took each song and released it one a week on his YouTube, right? Because again, yes. content is how you grow your band. You need individuals to support you, but then you need people in that crazy internet world t- to give you $10 a year to kind of keep your band rolling. And, and I think we struggle with that in Seattle.
0: Yeah, I was talking to my friend Carter the other day, and they said they hate the aspect of saying you have to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. And they think of it more as like a negative thing versus... When I started my podcast, I was how I thought you go about business or anything—you have to sell yourself, but not. In, but I never thought of selling yourself as like a, as a black person. You could think of selling yourself as like a slave or something, right? And you're I feel selling like your business, right? Whatever but, you
1: do, whatever you creatively create. But
0: a lot of artists, and because Carter's not alone with this idea of like, when you're selling yourself as an artist, they for whatever reason feel like they're it's taken away from their art, which is not the way you should look about. It. What would your what would your Response be to that like To be successful in any field you kind of have to sell yourself. I don't think that comes at a moral cost But some people think that is even when it's coming to marketing yourself
1: There's a cost to anything Right, and I think every artist needs to balance what type of control they want to have and what type of audience They want their music to reach. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we sacrifice control, but we don't get enough audience and I'll take even what I do in Austin at South mm. by Southwest. It is built for a large corporation to sponsor it, a T-Mobile, a Microsoft, an Amazon. This product, it is a marketing product. It is my business. It is how, like, I I have lost money. And, and there's a lot of people who think I haven't, but I have lost money at South by every year doing this mm. to to tens of thousands of dollars. But I believe at some point... A big business is going to see this concept, which is it's a creator's club. It's a four day activation where influencers, artists, people who have digital followings can create content either on our music stage. They can do talks, you know, on that same stage. They can get a haircut from Mark Basinger from On The Mark Productions who cuts Julio Rodriguez's hair, you know, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. Like he's a celebrity the barber. barber but then he also podcasts while well, he does that right mm-hmm. and each time that we have a haircut it could have five people in the audience but if it reaches 10,000 people that empowers you the creator this product is built for T-Mobile to sponsor it right and yeah. then it's the T-Mobile's creators club and and now we've all kind of sponsored ourselves by t-mobile but maybe they paid for our community to go out to south by for our artists to have housing and and i'll be honest like when that comes through when that big business sponsors my thing it won't be as organic mm-hmm. it won't be as indie it won't be as dope but i won't be as broke but then it's funny
0: because the artists because we've talked about there's like the artists who may have not used the resources we gave them mm-hmm they'll be like, "Oh, shoot, now can I come back?" And then that's where it kind of like it's a little heartbreaking when you're like, we gave you these resources, but now that now that we're making money off a project or whatever, now you want to be more supportive.
1: And every artist goes on a journey. Um I'll I'll name drop uh, an artist that I, I personally like a friend of mine, somebody who I I really like, but I don't think who is who is broke. Uh Spencer Shangro, he's been around the art community a lot. He's worked with a lot of different musicians. He came in, in twenty seventeen when I I mean it was literally an, an indie, 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 indie project. He came out and like performed on the stage and, and we had an, an iPhone. And yeah. and this year he he reached out to me and said, I, I want to perform this year. I'm ready. I have everything needed. And I, like, oh man, I'm not I haven't seen him perform in a while. I, I'm I'm not sure. Like I'm 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 doing it because I have this five year relationship with this person and they've reached out. But I also think that's really cool. I think there will mm-hmm. be bands that I record three four years ago that will be ready in three to four years that I'll record again so it doesn't mean like when is it, what's the difference
0: between being like ready and taking advantage of because even with my podcast sometimes I feel like there was like a misconnection when I first interviewed someone and now certain people reach out after th- three years later without trying to build that relationship throughout that time and now they're like oh you're about to get a new studio oh you're g- working with whoever now I want to reach back out you know so-
1: yeah I, I don't think that's very du jour Mm -hmm. Right. I don't I think if you don't work at building an authentic relationship with someone, you probably shouldn't ask them for that favor. Mm -hmm. And but if you do, I think you can ask as as long as you want to give like insight. The way that I make South by work is I bring on corporate sponsors. Right. We're all Mm -hmm. trying to crack this nut in Seattle of, wow, there's all this corporate money. Oh, it never gets invested in the art scene. 100 percent. But like we also need to go where that corporate money wants to invest. Right. Like. Amazon spends a million dollars at South by Southwest. If we can create an activation that works for them, that they want to invest in, maybe we can't insert their money into what we'll call the AAA of our music scene, the stuff at home, but maybe we can get th- their money at what would be the quadruple A or the minor leagues like in at, at South by Southwest. And mm-hmm. so I think we as an art scene need to be more creative. And if I could tell... Anything to everybody listening and and I say this in Austin every year and I, I love doing this as Dick's drive-ins because we're not gonna leave right. Dicks is a Seattle company. We're a Pacific Northwest company. This is our home when you feel ready. You should leave Yeah, we want you to spread the gospel of how awesome our burger is all across the country. And so we want to support you when you begin that spirit quest. And I think part of that spirit quest, part of the the grappling with how do I make the major leagues, if you understand baseball, is that it takes many, many years. Yeah. Right. 2013, I go to South by I see everything happening there. I see that Mackmore is the number one artist in the country and I'm able to facilitate to him being on the roof for the White Walls music video. I I remember walking through the aftermath of that show and just being like, oh, my God, it's going to take me a decade to reproduce this Mm. because there was just some magic to that. And I got lucky and I was 23. And then like it took four years to get back to South by in 2017 and do like that first kind of average podunk show. But it was it was a real attempt. And then in 2019, we nailed it. And in 2020, we were selected as an official stage. And then it was canceled and yeah. like, and then I went back next year. Do you kind of see this, this, and it's always, uh, it, you're grappling with it. You as an athlete or a creator are, you have to look at yourself and like, this is where the base- baseball metaphor is so important and say like, can I go back to spring training? Can I like, what keeps you going
0: though? Cause that's like, that's a huge amount of time.
1: Can I, and I'm, I'm going to cry a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, if any artist is watching this, I hope you understand like. Can I go and face whether I'm ready yet again? Mm. And that's why I say artists' bands break up at South By because sometimes you go there and you get rejected again and you're just like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Mm. Maybe I'm not ready. But like, that's where music loses to baseball because baseball has a giant ecosystem of coaches and clear levels like rookie, single A, double A, triple A. In every level, there's somebody who looks at you honestly and says oh you need to work on your sound oh you need a better bassist oh you you need to figure out how to hit the curveball there's no sensitivity to to criticism there's a completely financial institution that's built to kind of sell like literally an 18 year old a lie which is you could make it to the major leagues right like if you don't get injured if you try really hard if if you're on the right place in the right time right like and that's We all have to realize that journey to breaking it, none of us are going to be Mark Zuckerberg. None of us are going to be Jeff Bezos. None of us are going to be Nirvana. Like maybe one, Hmm. but really most of us are probably going to be a little more like Macklemore, who's going to work for 10 years and then... Get lucky or not, find that person, Ryan Lewis, who kind of takes his music to the next level and then find the people who make that awesome first music video for Thrift Shop, himself included, and then and then have that go viral. But like that was because he took so many at-bats. Yeah, He gave himself that final chance to hit that home run. And you ask, how do I keep doing it? I don't know. I'm crazy, Blake. <laughs> I'm an artist. Yeah. I want to make. I, I, I want to reach the next level of my sport, which is marketing and that's why I go back to South by, because that's the major leagues of marketing. I think I'm ready for that level. I go back every year. Part of my business of going back every year is to give the artists in our community that think they're ready that stage, that opportunity, that support, so that even if you do a show to five people, it'll reach 10,000 back home, or all of your fans around the country, because that's that's your goal as an artist. If you're trying to do anything, yeah. you are trying to get a 1,000 people at first to invest ten dollars A year into you, which gives you like that 10,000, like, and then you're gonna have another job, but really you're trying to get 10,000 people a year to invest $10 in you. That's a hundred thousand dollars. You can make it kind of work. You can keep your ship alive because what you're really trying to do, like every entrepreneur, like every creator, like every baseball player, you're just trying to get another at bat.
0: That's why I like, there's so many different genres in Seattle that work. There's like comedy, there's chefs there's actual like music and then within the music there's like hip-hop pop blah, dah, 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 dah. what I like about interviewing different types of people in Seattle and outside of Seattle is with there's a little there's something every genre or art medium is doing right that another art medium is not doing right which I wish there was more overlap with different genres working together whether that's in Seattle or other cities or whatever but like what I notice about comedians and in, in, in uh, When was that? May? We went to New York and we mm-hmm. hung out with Joe Dombrowski, um, who's my friend. He's uh, um, a podcast client of mine. He's been on my show. Um, but he's taken me on tour with him to film his sets and then put that online for him mm-hmm. versus in Seattle. What I see is a lot of artists. A, a big word in Seattle for perform- performers is like oversaturation. Cause a lot of artists perform over and over again. And then like, you don't really build that crowd. Cause people are start to be like, Oh, I saw them last month. Why would I go this month? Versus I've talked to people who, um, make music in Canada or LA. There's so many more venues to work with that. It's not, you know, it's not it's there's less oversaturation triple a
1: man. Yeah, when you're ready, you got to get yourself to the major leagues or at least start traveling right like like in Aaron Jones. He makes a ton of his music in Nashville. Yeah, right? Like at that point he's and, and Nashville is one of those major league cities. I'd really put, you know, LA Nashville New York. That's where music breaks. Yeah, Seattle is where bands build. To get to the point where they're ready to break, I don't think we really understand the process of how that break happens. And all I can tell people is you got to get on the road. You got to go on tour. And you have to humble yourself a little bit. Instead of touring, let's say, with two opening bands from Seattle, maybe reach out to a band in LA and a band in Portland and figure out a way where you open in LA and the LA band is the headliner there on your tour. And then in Portland, the Portland band... You know, it's the headliner there and you're the second band and the LA band's the opener. And then in Seattle, do you kind of get what I mean? Like you have to build, we're so big on building community in Seattle, but we forget that you actually have to build community with other artists around the country and other industries to, I think, truly break. And that's where artists
0: get disconnected or overwhelmed though, which is, I don't know. I really came, I like, when I started making podcasts, I had the understanding that you have to market yourself and learn how to do things. Versus, there's still a lot of artists, whether they're older than me or my age or younger, who feel like, "Why can't they just make the art?" Which I understand that was a mindset, but I just feel like that's not a mindset you should have anymore. You should know how to market yourself because if you don't know how to market yourself, and then you put your hand, you like, you just give yourself over to like a manager or a label, you don't know what they're really doing for you because you don't even know how to do it for yourself. That's my perspective,
1: at least. And I would say as somebody who produces something at South by Southwest, there are definitely artists that will be on that stage that never break. Mm. Everyone that I have on that stage, I, I generally want them to be in pursuit of making it yeah. in art. And it doesn't mean you have to be famous. right? But it has to mean to a degree. And, and one of the ways I judge this, it doesn't mean you have 100,000 Instagram following. Like I've seen people with a million Instagram followers who only get 100 likes or 200 likes, right? Yeah. That's not an engaged audience. Right. But if you have 10,000 followers and every post, you get... 700 800 likes comments, people excited for you yeah i'd love to have you on my stage because the cool thing about seattle and and this is where we we need to we struggle so much and and like there will be people that hate me for saying that seattle is a triple a music city like we're major league bro we're as big as la we're as big as new york don't you dare disparage us don't you dare say that it's like but like we're we we We're just not. We don't have that infrastructure, and we need to be honest about that so that when our bands are ready and are at that next level, we as a community can connect them with with the individuals that can really get you out out of this town. and And until you have that mentality uh, until you you even think your ten thousand followers are valuable and that you should respond to every comment and yeah. and you should curate them. I don't know if you're ready. To totally leave this town and this
0: can work for any artist also though like i've had artists on who've broken out of little rock arkansas for pete's sake you know like totally you, you gotta tour and you gotta mark yourself with the thing with the comedians i was talking about like filming their sets like if you are an artist whether you're in seattle or outside of seattle that is performing a couple times a month or once a month or whatever You should be filming your sets, even if you're paying someone 20 bucks out of pocket to do that or
1: something, you know? The most followed chef in the city of Seattle has no restaurant. Mm. He's a cook named Matt. He's got 4 million followers on TikTok, a million subscribers on YouTube. He cooks for no one. Mm. He makes far more than almost any other chef in the city based on (laughs) like, in in my, and, and with way less effort. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome yeah <laughs> and like if you wanted another version like brandy cruz is probably the most successful radio show host in the city right now she's a podcaster that uses patreon yeah right but if going back to that rule if you have ten thousand people that pay you ten dollars you're making bank on patreon and let's say you know or even if it's a thousand that pay you ten dollars a month now yeah. you're making that hundred thousand a year when the radio show comes calling and is like hey I'd like a gig. We'd love to have you. You have so much strength. Yes. But now if you're a musician, now it's the label calls you. Mm. You have so much strength. right? And so I think we, we need to realize that to a degree, music is a business. Mm. The people at the top of music, the labels and, and the Warner Brothers and the Sonys, they want to make money. Yeah. And they are the way they make money. Is they monetize the artist.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. In in the end, and I will fully admit it, if I become really successful it's because corporations invest in this creators' club that I make, and we will, in a way, be monetizing some of these artists. The artists will agree to do it because they get paid, because they get a private activation at South by for four days, because they get all this content, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still a trade. We're 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 trading your audience. With my high-end sound recording stage, which yeah. most artists can't pay for, the four days and the ten people that build the fake forest with the sound-responsive lights and this entire environment. So yeah. we're yeah. the only people who can afford this are are the corporations. And mm. so we we just have to admit that it is capitalism, and we exist in a capitalist society. And and if you are going to be a professional artist, you need to make money.
0: Yeah, yeah. This this whole South by thing is a, it's a crazy. Opportunity for artists, it, what, you're, what you're what you're offering specifically?
1: Even. I think so, but for everyone, I'd yeah. like. I think we're gonna hopefully get you know some athletes out there, mm-hmm. right? Like I've heard, like this is so crazy. I've heard rumor that Dion Sanders might show up to the first like kind of private day of our event, which, but like that's prime time. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're kind of ending something out of Seattle. That primetime might show up to, that's so cool. Like we we do have, like I think we have a stupendous art tech creative community and South by to your point it's that intersection of all of it you have comedy you have film you have tech you have music you have whoever whatever I am right Mm -hmm. and we all go and we create something there because when we leave this city together we become more powerful than we ever imagined
0: why do you care about art and why do you care about art in Seattle
1: the tech stuff is is kind of boring like it's what (laughs) makes us known but like when you go with when I saw Aaron perform in in, in he opened for Pearl Jam in Paris, right? Like in front of eighty thousand people, like everybody was still, sorry not Pearl Jam he uh, for for the Rolling Stones. Uh, everyone was still talking about Pearl Jam. They were talking about Nirvana. They were talking like they were like oh Aaron, like he must be great because he's from Seattle. Like our culture, hmm. like our tech companies are what drive the economic engine of this region, but our culture is what defines it. Randy Carlyle, Aaron Jones, Mike McCready, like the cre- Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, when they were here, right? We're huge purveyors of our culture, and and so I think we spend so much time talking about our successes, but we don't take time talking about how we amplify and catalyze our culture. And and from a self serving aspect, truly self serving. If Dick's Drive ins is the gateway to bands and artists and comedians, culture people breaking it. If you become a famous podcast host, yeah. like. I can never buy the media that you will give me because I invested in you before you were big. Mm-hmm. And like everybody wants to support Macklemore now. That isn't that cool. Support like Sea Lemon, support Jaws of Brooklyn, support Marshall Law, support anybody who's on that way up. Because if they break, you'll be part of that journey, and that's that's a cool investment to be to be a part of. And so for me, I just support the entire scene.
0: How did, like- you get, how did you first get? How did you first get involved with the scene? Like, how old were you? What was your first experience? Uh, with I was
1: 22. I was working at an ad agency called Crown Social. And there was a company, an online radio station called Rain City Radio that burned out pretty fast, um, maybe about a decade ago. But they hired Marco Collins to be one of their their main hosts. They did a lot of live shows. Joe Hamill, um, who, who did all the marketing at 107.7 The End, like a lot of music cats that were, were really established kind of took this risk. And, and I was asked to come up with some marketing for them. And I remember doing the show where... Uh, oh my God, goodness, uh, Fly Moon Royalty was performing. And I just like, I danced like a fiend. Uh, <laughs> and and I'd never heard of Fly Moon Royalty. I never knew they existed. i like, until that moment. And like, there were maybe 20 people at that show. And and I just, it was so awesome. And like, Marco Collins came up to me. He's like, who are you? You just like danced like a total crazy person. And I was just <laughs> like, I, they were awesome. And he's like, that vibe, that's what you're after. Just like, you can mm-hmm. always enjoy a new band. And like, that's stuck with me. Like really heavily that that advice and and that moment with Marco and and to this day like you still see Marco investing in the double A and the triple A of Seattle's music scene because that's what gets him excited. That's so cool that we have that here.
0: We break down who Marco is for people.
1: Who Marco that. Collins is the person he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, he I think he was at uh, 1077 the end um, but I'm, I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. And he was the person who started playing grunge on the radio, the very first disc jockey. Mm. And he's kind of considered the person who broke grunge, mm. which like grunge was going to break because it was this entire music scene, but it yeah. requires media people. Like it yeah. does require storytellers like you, Blake, to help mm. movements get air. And Marco was that person. And and I think he's always... He's always been that person. That's just in his DNA to find new up and coming bands and try to help them. Mm. And we are so lucky to have people like Marco Collins in the city of Seattle.
0: That's cool that you had that experience of, I don't even know how I really got interested in the music scene. I think it's cause I was in radio. Yeah. It's weird. Everyone has a different experience on how they broke into like some type of music scene.
1: It's so accessible. Yeah. And I, again, I'm going to reinforce the triple a you, certain people love going to minor league baseball they love it mm. why it's because you see a player on their way but after the game right they're, they're all kind of they haven't made it yet so they come and they hang out with the fans like you can take them to dinner you can get to you can be a part of that baseball scene yeah. you can't do that with the Seattle Mariners you can go to every Seattle Mariners. Like maybe you'll get a fist bump from Julio, right? Like maybe, and that's the same. You could go to every show for Macklemore right now for the rest of your life. Like he might notice you, Mm -hmm. but if you had been going to Macklemore shows in Seattle before he broke, you totally had a a beer or a smoke or like you know a conversation at at some point along that way. Because artists see the people who are with them at the very beginning, and that's why Seattle's so great. If you want to be a participant in the art community. Go to Mojams at Nectar. Like, literally 75% of the people will be artists. Go to the Sea yeah. Monster for their their jam session. Like, 80% of the people will be artists. If you're an audience member in there, you stand out. Yeah. How, how dope is that?
0: <laughs> it is interesting because it is very easy to get into it in very different routes, but so many of the everyday people aren't. So, what... I feel like a lot of artists say that tech takes away from culture. Would you say that as well? Or what are what your opinions on that when it comes
1: to Seattle specifically? I think the tech tech doesn't try hard enough because they don't have to. They just have a lot of money. And and we in the culture community uh, have, have wrote them off. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think tech definitely creates an environment where culture isn't the only thing Seattle sells, mm-hmm. right? We're not just grunge. We're grunge and Boeing and Costco and, and Microsoft and Amazon. Now, i say when we say all of those companies without grunge, without our culture scene, we're, we're a much less vibrant city. And yeah. and to a degree, we have to find a way to coexist. We have to find a way to, to build bridges. And and KEXP exists because of massive corporate investment. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's, awesome and we have probably the best independent radio station in the world <laughs> but they've gotten a lot of money from like microsoft and amazon and and the wealth that's in this community and then artists still want
0: to work with them so it's like kind of weird when they don't want to take money from corporate Well, and corporate isn't offering it too yeah, because we're not giving too. corporate
1: what they need like yeah. corporate i don't want to ever generally sponsor things within the city of seattle but if you could build me a tour where you're going to take my brand on the road? Mm. Maybe that has value if for for the right company in Seattle. And you just got to remember, we're we're all probably businesses and bands alike are trying, to a degree, to break and to get out of of the of the, the, the gravity well that is Seattle. And, and things like South by Southwest, Art Basel, are are really hard to enter into. But if you have a support, if you have a base like the one we create at Dick's Drive-Ins, you could come out and not perform and I'd still say get great value from your flight, crashing on a homie's couch and just meeting the people that could then be a part of your performance next year. But so few of us yeah. say like, oh, I'm going to go this year and see what it's like. I want to go this year. I want to have a show. I want it to be paid for. I want my flights paid for. And it's like, well, there's got to be a little bit of a spirit quest. There's got to be a little bit of investment by you, yeah. the creator, as much as an investment by me, the, the thrower.
0: Yeah. As just as, yeah, as a person, even you should just get out and explore places. Like I just got back from Alaska and I would never, I never thought I would ever fucking end up in Alaska out of all places. And it was very, it was very bleak and sad. I ended up going to a memorial (laughs) during my tour there. It was, was, yeah, for like a young person. I had never gone to like a young person's funeral too. Those are really heavy. They were like 24. It was super heavy.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, wasn't you? Wasn't no. I oh, was, okay, I was, you're free. You're free and clear. I'm alive. Well, uh, oh, that no, I know you're not dead, but you didn't do it, right? No, it, no, it, I didn't. It wasn't your crime. No, they. they <laughs> it was
0: wild. Like, I because I've only been to like two funerals, and both are like grandparents. So yeah. I have never really experienced anything like that, and it just kind of made me appreciate Seattle because like I was in Anchorage, Alaska, mm-hmm. and no shade to Anchorage people in Anchorage, but like they deal with a huge like um, homeless population um, situation as well mm-hmm. but they're in like shelters more so you don't
1: really see them on the well, Blake, street. it's you know it's it's their great weather they have that's why they have all that homelessness just like us yeah. don't you know that's the truth It can't that's the only explanation Blake it and, can't possibly be their laws or anything they do it's it's the weather yeah, there, so there was actually there's <laughs> there was, there was a lot of correlation
0: like there's like there's a I guess Seattle doesn't have as much gun violence by any means, but there was a lot of gun violence. Maybe gun violence is rising though. Yeah, addiction um, is rising. Yeah, there's there's a huge addiction problem in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. The homelessness, and it was just very bleak and like, I forget what it was. There's was like something it was like dark
1: all the time when you were there. No, wasn't it was it? light. It was light. I, 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 we've already hit the light. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: okay. Wow. Shoot. But I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that it's very dark there for a long time, and there's the people were all like, kind of just sad. But it made me appreciate Seattle and the weather here, even though it's not snowing as much here.
1: Right, and then just raining. imagine what you'd feel like if you're in LA. Yeah, you know what I mean. Woo, you'd be everywhere. <laughs> so it's it's
0: it's very interesting. Like, what do you, what do you get out of? Because you like to travel. What, I love what, to travel. What do you get out of traveling?
1: I get I get knowledge and, and understanding that Seattle is a bubble mm-hmm. that we don't know everything. That there is a lot to be learned from other people, other cultures, other races. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things about. Washington and the more I've learned about the city of Seattle in particular. Like, Seattle's a pretty white city, right? <laughs> but yeah. Bellevue's actually one of two majority Asian cities in the country, mm-hmm. right? South King County is actually fairly diverse. Highline College is one of like down near Des Moines, uh, Washington, where I, where I live, is one of the most uh, diverse colleges in the country. Like it's number like seven Damn. on the list, right? Like So like we have... A, But then we'll say things like when somebody goes to Miami, they'll be like, oh, be careful of all those racists there. And it's like, you mean the black people and the Mexicans? Yeah. right. But it's like we we say things that are just so off the cuff wrong. And we don't like my friend who's, who's an Asian guy who lives in Dallas and he works for a video game company out here. Somebody at his video game company was like, Mark, I'm so sorry. It must be so hard to be Asian in Dallas. And he was like. What do you mean? And they're like, well, because, you know, there's like no Asians there. And he's like, have you ever been to Dallas? They're like, no. I just know they're really racist there, and it's like Dallas has a huge Asian community. Like it's yeah. we, but we say this stuff in Seattle because we just know,
0: right? And no one's gonna say no to it because they haven't. <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah. afraid.
1: But uh, it's like once you travel a lot, once yeah. you like have had twenty-five cent chicken wings in South Dakota and like mm-hmm. been by you know the Belmont race tracks in in in, <laughs> in New York, and and like you you've been to Art Basel in Miami, or you know you've seen Austin's homelessness or Anchorage's homelessness. You yeah. you just have a, a deeper understanding of the world. And I think Seattle, we are we are such a leader of the world in so many ways. Like we we are the cloud capital of the world. Everything on your phone runs out of a server from here, from Microsoft or Amazon, mm. controlled by us. But I don't think we have an understanding of the world. Like we right. run the world, but we don't get it.
0: Mm.
1: And and to a degree that seeps in because we don't think we have to travel because we just know everything. Is it because because <laughs> we have all the
0: resources? Because you said the gravity. Well, why is there has there has. Since you've been a lot, because you're in your 30s, have yeah, you always fe- have you always felt there's just been a gravity well? Or yeah, is this-
1: Seattle doesn't want you to break until you're broken, and that's for anything. Do you think anything, tech, music, painting, mm-hmm. skateboarding, like we 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 believe in you, kind of, and we'll invest in you once you're signed to Warner Brothers. because it's, it's like <laughs> I will invest in your company once you are worth 10 million dollars, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just, and it's it's. We're, we're big business. We don't want to admit it. We think we're this little town. 10% of the Fortune 500's GDP exists in Jeez. this little pocket of two and a half million people. Jesus. We are probably one of the wealthiest cities in the history of the world. Can't solve homelessness. Can't solve addiction. We can't help our artists break at the rate we want. I would also say we're doing a fantabulous job compared to like any other AAA music city. We are we break more bands than most towns, mm-hmm. right? Like don't, I, and I would never, but like Brandy Carlisle is going to be nominated for like Grammy album of the year and song of the year for the next decade. That is not common. And everyone in Seattle is just like, ah, yeah. you know, like, oh, we're like, good job, Brandy. We, we're we looking for your win. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, I don't really like, but, I
0: think we're, do you kind of get what I mean? Like, but how's that mindset? That's like a so- societal mindset. I wonder. It's
1: where... because we, we just pop huge artists. We mm-hmm. like, yeah. Just and we always have like Heart, you know, uh, n- Nirvana, Pearl Jam, all the grunge bands. But then you can like start to add like the Aaron Jones story is an awesome story. Brandy Carlisle is like literally the one of the biggest artists in, in rock and and in country. And like she just came out of like kind of nowhere. She was just busking down in bikes, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that cultural capital is is never ending and it's really special and it only dries out if you stop investing and it doesn't mean like the corporations have to do it and i think they will more but like if a dick's driving doesn't do it that's a bad sign because mm-hmm. like
0: because w- you're cultural icon yeah are a cultural icon and, and when we restaurant. stop
1: investing in our culture it just means like we're we're kind of losing a bit of our heart and that's why i think the artists come out and participate because You should support the businesses that are doing everything they can to help you. Mm. Maybe I'm not the perfect person. Maybe like the words I say around politics haven't made everybody (laughs) happy. Right. And that's a different podcast. The one in the vault to be released. (laughs) But like no matter what, I think the artist community will keep coming out to what I create because it it is a gift Mm. to help those who are ready to make it to the next level because I want to make it to the major leagues and I want as many of you who are with me to get there too. And I don't know which one of us is going to do it. And I don't know what song or what medium, but I'm going to give us the stage and the platform and I will invest what is necessary to to help because our community is always ready to mm. break the next big artist in the world.
0: What are, what are, from your marketing brain, what is like the average artist in Seattle or just in general not doing that? What's something simple that they could do that they don't do? Oh, man. They
1: don't spend any money on advertising themselves Mm -hmm. and i think there's a slight obsession with listens right how many listens do i have on spotify but then like you probably know the number it's what is a million listens is a thousand dollars yeah (laughs) it's crazy low stop investing in listens and start investing in an engaged audience go back to that can i find a thousand people that'll invest five dollars in me a month Mm. you know a measly I'm horrible at math, $40 a year. But if you break that down, if I have 500 people that are giving me $5 a month, that's $2,500 a month. That is an engaged audience that is invested in you. You do that by at some point, let's say you have a great song or a great music video. If you have $1,000 to spend on Facebook or Instagram ads, you don't have a lot of money. If you have $10,000, you don't have a lot of money. That may be painful to hear, but $10,000 buys you a million impressions. You should only target 100,000 people. If you have $1,000, target the 10,000 people mm-hmm. that are interested in indie musicians that sound like you and like find the people that want to invest in up-and-comers. Because if I can show those 10,000 people my song 10 times, maybe when I go to ask 500 of them for $5 they'll say yes now.
0: But what do you say to artists that say we don't we're we're starving artists. We don't have money to invest. You
1: don't have money to invest in your in your thing, you probably won't make it. Mm. Whatever it is. If you don't have money to invest in your plumbing business, you're not probably going to have a bigger plumbing business and you're always going to be scraping along cuz you won't have enough customers. If you won't invest in let's say the development for your tech company, and maybe that requires getting a million dollars and somebody else giving you that money, but like I've tried to make an app with no investment and I failed Mm. and I acknowledge that failure. And when I go back to build my app, I will get a million dollars in investment because I was stretched too thin. If you are an artist and you won't put, you know, one fifth of your earnings back into your art. I don't know if you truly, there's no deserve to break. I don't like to use that term, but I'm not sure you will break because going back to the very beginning of this conversation, you're not giving yourself the at back. Right. If you go back to that $1,000 ad buy, right, which we target to those 10,000 people who are maybe wealthy and like music that sounds like you, each of those impressions is an at-bat to gain another engaged follower. Mm. Now, when that person comments on your post, you should respond to them because that's an at-bat to anchor them into into your community. Yeah. When they say, I wish I could go to your show, but it's sold out and you've seen them on your journey and you give them a free ticket that's another investment into that person buying your album and 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 participating in the capitalism that it, that is your <laughs> your stuff and I, I you you see i'm yeah, c- yeah. bouncing between comedy plumbing tech cuz i'm trying to give people the sense that like what you do isn't that different from the other entrepreneur trying to grow their thing
0: right <laughs> you know so from someone who Get sponsorships. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for artists or companies trying to get sponsorships? Fail a lot.
1: Fail. Like, you have to have a sales mentality. Uh, You have to have grit. You have to. Cry sometimes when you lose money and but you have to keep trying. Um there was a comedian, a a friend of Joe's actually, the woman who opened up for him. Uh Katie Hannigan. Yeah, Katie Hannigan. She reached out to me. We got coffee in New York like three months later, and she was just like, How can I get more views on my stuff? And I was like, Well, you gotta do one minute videos where you caption your stuff. And I was like, You've seen other people doing it. She's like, Yeah, I have. And then I was like, She's like, But I want to get followers to my podcast. I was like, Well, okay, Katie, you're gonna have to invest about a thousand dollars and you're gonna have to advertise your podcast to you know, her target market was women 30 to 45 that live in New York that are kind of like intersectional and like, and you're going to have to start pushing your comedy to them because yeah. that's your audience. They might even be ready, but you got to give yourself an at bat, mm-hmm. Katie. And and like, uh, um, or, or all of us, right? I have to go to South by to see if like, yeah. I can finally get T-Mobile, right? And make it to the big leagues, right? We just don't know what's out there. Mm. And I think... We, we we should take more risks and take more leaps because we're really blessed to be from this region. And we say things like we don't have the capital. We are surrounded by capital. Micro capital, m- m- you know, investments of $1,000 and investments of $10,000 and investments of even $50,000 are here for you in whatever you do. You just have to find the right person that is invested and 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 build a relationship. You're probably not going to get a yes the first time. There are people that I pitched for four years This is the year I'm finally getting a yes. Hell yeah. Each at bat mattered.
0: 100%. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? Any final advice you'd like to say to up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Follow up. If somebody doesn't email you back, it probably just means they've like read your email and forgot. Like you just, you gotta be the squeaky wheel. And when you've squeaked too much, usually someone will tell you mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and, and it doesn't even mean anything like there, there are bands that have asked me to perform on my stage every year for 10 years. And uh, you know, maybe next year's the year, like, and and, it, and there are people that I've asked for money for 10 years and maybe next year is the year, right? Like we're, we all have to be a little kinder and more willing to accept the nos that are inherent to the risks that we are all taking to pursue our dreams and and to to make what we believe we need to make.
0: What is the easiest way for people to to reach you and find you?
1: Uh, Instagram at Saul Spadey uh, You can call me, I guess. Text me, please. Two zero six three two one one zero four five. If you get this deep, um, email Saul Spadey at mac dot com. Contact Blake. Uh, he's. <laughs> he can get a hold of me, uh, but yeah, let's let's make cool stuff and, and come to Austin if you if you see this, maybe you didn't get selected this year, but if you buy a flight and you find a place to crash, you, we're you should hang out and you should see what is being made and and sometimes you go to spring training to see what it's like to next year play in spring training, and mm-hmm. that's just part of part of the work ethic that we all need to to curate amongst ourselves as we try to make it.
0: Hell yeah! This has been the NAS podcast with
1: Saul Spady, the president of Creative Empowerment, and. We did it.